welcome to a new Paradigm of Education podcast. I'm your host, Monique Sayers. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Chelsea. We're going to speak about with Chelsea in a moment. I'll just introduce our podcast. So a new Paradigm of Education is a mission to evolve education into the highest good for humanity, for our students, for our children. It's holding hands with all different kinds of change makers around the world, whether you're an educator, a parent, a mentor, or somebody who's here to support the future generations. We invite you onto this podcast to co-create with us. By you listening to our podcast, you're also part of this vision. So let's start by um, introducing yourself, Chelsea. It's so good to have you on here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Um, so I've been in business online for a decade and it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe four years ago that human, I always say human design found me. <laughs> I wasn't actively looking for a new modality or trying to, you know, figure out a new tool, but it kept popping up and popping up. So finally I was like, you know, I'm going to pay attention to this. And, um, so I started learning this modality for business purposes because I wanted to be able to streamline stuff, but I quickly realized that it applied to so much more. And I started learning about my children and how they were. And I just was mind blown. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if this could be like given out as like a parent manual <laughs> when kids were little, this would be so great. Or, you know, teachers or whatever, if we all could just get on the same wavelength, like I just believe it would help so much, you know, because um, I have kids, I've got my own kids and I've got stepkids and all my friends, kids and all the things. So, you know, I really love to have conversations about how we can make things a little easier for them because, uh, you know, school and all the things can be a little rough. I had a rough time of it. So I have a heart for that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I hear you. And I'm sure that's like most people's, um, stories. We've all had that, um, memory of the past of being in, in school in some way that's imprinted on us and anything we can do to help now and then help the future is it's so so perfect so it's amazing Absolutely. yeah um so did you want to tell us then because you've spoken a little bit about this word human design so maybe people don't even know what this is maybe we could just start with just knowing what it is and how it can help us perhaps like that yeah, yeah, absolutely. So human design was, um, I guess the word would be maybe discovered or the system was given to this man, um, Ra Uruhu. And this was like back in the 80s. It was an island on a pizza. There's this whole story about it that I'm not going to go into because it would take the whole podcast just to go into that. So if you're interested in that, definitely Google it. But um, this system is based on where the planets are at your time of birth, very much like a for a little bit of a different reason. So there's this little thing called a neutrino that comes out of planets and it is constantly moving through us. And so when we're born, we're imprinted with basically information from the stars and the planets as to how our energy flows. So there is different software that you can use. Um, I have some on my website and you can put in your birth date, you can put in your name, you can put in all the things and it will churn you out your personal energetic blueprint. And on this blueprint, you will learn how to best operate in this life, um, what you, how you're meant to operate. So for instance, some people are meant to rest more. Some people are meant to go out and just go, 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 and have tons of energy. We tend to treat people the same all the time, right? We have expectations of how people are supposed to be, but our energetic blueprint shows us actually we're all very different. We all have very different purposes and very different ways of interacting with this world. And, um, 
So, yeah. So, I mean, that's basically in a nutshell, what it is, you know, you get your reading um, and there's energetic centers that we all have. And the centers are all connected with energetic like pathways called channels and gates. So, um, so yeah, so it's a lot of information, but that's why we ha- I love the charts because if you get your chart, it will print it out and just kind of tell you <laughs> what exactly you're looking at. That's amazing. And if um, we will do this at the end, but what was your website just because we've just spoken about it now in, pe- in case people want to download or find that, that out? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They can go to chelseakenyon.com and my name is spelled C-H-E-L-S-I-E, K-E-N-Y-O-N. Uh, great great yeah just in case (laughs) i forget to ask you (laughs) okay we can put that in the link for everybody who's interested as well and so like how does it work then in in a deeper way so like for example like okay i'm only going to compare it to something i know for example the zodiac so the zodiac you know you have your, your certain symbols and then it changes depending on the phases and everything like that is it the same with human design that it's constantly like moving according to evolution or it's like a fixed framework or how is it like yeah so yeah absolutely so so when you're born you're imprinted with that singular moment in time of the (sighs) neutrinos okay so it's that singular moment in time however the planetaries can have a little bit of an influence on us it's kind of like adding a little seasoning or a little bit of flavor so it doesn't change who we are but the planets can definitely kind of spark a little something in us so and we call these like global themes because as the planets are moving, we're all experiencing that in that moment. So if you, um, I actually have a, when you sign up for the chart, you also get a weekly newsletter where I tell you, okay, gate 49 is, excuse me. I tell you gate 49 is activated. So here's what you can expect as a global theme. Maybe you're going to notice people are being a little bit of this way or a little bit of that way, you know, just everybody, because we're all experiencing that. Yeah, sure. Amazing. And so then how did you, um, like what drew you to it originally? Like, was there some pool that decided that you really wanted to be practicing this? Like what, what was it that made you, cause there's so many practices out there and I'm really fascinated because I love so learning, yeah. you know, I love learning yeah. new things and I know it will be really applicable. So what, like, what was it that made you want to be, you know, studying this or uh, discovering it, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I've been studying personality tests and astrology for, I don't know, as long as the internet's been around (laughs) (laughs) for a very long time. Um, You know, I guess I always felt a little misunderstood. I think we all kind of do that. And so we're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to figure out our path and, and what really is us and what society told us we should be. And, you know, just trying to navigate all that. So um, I've always been interested in that, but I felt like with every single modality, there was always a question, like always something that wasn't quite covered, you know, like I would do like the Myers-Briggs, but it didn't really explain, you know, certain things. And then I would do like the color personalities, but that didn't explain certain things. There was always things left unexplained always. And so when I came on to human design, it just seemed to answer all those missing pieces that were in all the other modalities. And that's the original thing that made me go, whoa, wait a second this one is different. And then as I started going deeper into it and deeper into it, it just started to blow my mind. And I started to, to share with people and read their charts. And, you know, I started looking at my children's charts and I'm like, oh my God, no wonder, no wonder, you know? So yeah, it's very, it was that, but that was the the piece. It was answering all those unanswered questions that I had. And that's what really magnetized me to it. 
Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And I'd love to know also with your children, um, like how did it play out? Did you did you suddenly start to like treat them a different way because you could understand them more? Or like how did it play out? Could you give us an example? Because I'd love I'd love the example yeah. just because then I can apply it for all children mm, and for yeah. you know classes I, and all that yes, stuff, absolutely. you know. <laughs> I I do it with all I do it with my kids for sure. I have a million examples I can I can give you. So um Actually, you know, before we do that, why don't I just run over the five major types? Yeah, that I would think be that'll helpful help to cover it. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. So there, there's a lot to human design. There's over a thousand points of information on any given chart, okay. but we, can, we have these certain areas, like kind of just like a little overview that we can sort of plug people into, um, to kind of just give an idea. Right. So the five major types are reflectors, which make up 1% of the population. It's a very, very small percent. And reflectors are completely open energetically. They don't produce a lot of their own energy. So they really absorb a lot from other people. And just in the sense of children, you know, if you have like a reflector child, they are going to be very sensitive and they're almost going to seem like different kids on different days, depending on who they're around and their circumstances, because they're literal sponges. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they can, um, they reflect back and they act the way that the energy that they're taking in is, does that make sense? Totally. hundred percent. Okay. So, so reflectors, um, they are meant to make this take a long time to make decisions and make choices. So trying to push a reflector to make a choice. Now I'm not talking about like, what do you want for dinner? I'm talking about something bigger, like, where do you want to go for your birthday? You know, or, um, as an adult buying a house, buying a car, that sort of thing, you really need that full 28 days. And the reason why is because the moon will activate all those gates and help them feel out that decision through all the different ways that they can feel it so that they can actually make the correct decision for them. So the reflectors are very rare, but they're so, so special. Um, And I feel, I really feel for those little reflector children in classes because they're taking on the energy of all the kids and they don't have anywhere to put it out. And I, you know, I think a lot of people don't really understand that. Um, So yeah, definitely our, our little reflectors, we've got to watch out for them. And then um, next up, we have manifestors, which make up 9%. So still on the smaller end. And manifestors are uh, energetic wrecking balls. Their aura is very tight and dense. And the reason why is because they're built to make impact. They're built to go out there and make a huge difference in this world and start and create things. They're visionaries. They're out there to get things moving, but it can be kind of tough, especially for children because they push people away energetically and they don't understand. They don't know that they're doing this and they can be very polarizing, meaning they'll have a couple of their just best friends. They're people that love them to death. And then everybody else is like, whoa, what is that about? And the manifestor can't do anything about it. It's just their energy, just the way Mm. they're built. So that can be very, very confusing to a child because they're pushing people away and they don't know it. And they don't know how to, how to, you know, process that. It feels like rejection. And that's like one of the worst things neurologically that we want to experience as humans. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But manifestors are tough. They're like sensitive, but also tough because they're built to go out there and just move people out of the way so they can get stuff done. Then we have our projectors and our projectors are kind of new on the scene. Um, we went through a, a mutation. So you, maybe you've heard of chakras. Of so course. seven yes. centers. Yeah. Yes. I think everybody's heard of that, right? So according to human design in the late 1700s, we began to mutate and two of our centers split off 
And now we have nine centers ah. instead of the seven chakras. We have nine centers. Ah. So projectors um, came on the scene then. So before that, that uh, split happened, we only had the reflectors, the manifestors and the generators, which I'll talk about in a second. So the projectors are pretty new on the scene in humanity terms. Wow. <laughs> I know this is late 1700s seems like a long, a long <laughs> ways away in the terms of all of humanity. That's still fairly new, right? Yeah. So when the projectors on the scene is when we shifted into a um, into a more civilized, democratic kind of society. We moved away from these uh, empires and into societies where we kind of moved together. And the projectors, their aura dips into other people's aura and can see so deeply into them. They're like our little oracles. They just know things about you. Um, the issue with the projectors is that they've got to wait for somebody to ask them for their advice or like, what do you see? And it's so tempting because the projector and they can see right into you. They could be like, here's your problem. Here's where you need to do. But you know how that feels when somebody gives you unsolicited advice, right? So the projectors, um, they got to wait to be asked, but they can see so deeply. So if you know a projector, go to them for the advice, be like, okay, what's going on? I need your insight. You got to help me out here. Um, and then next up and, and last on the list is generators and generators make up 70% of the population. So most people are generators and most systems in society, including the nine to five job are built for generators. Mm. So generators have a activated sacral and that gives them energy to go, 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 especially when they're plugged in and passionate about something they will just go and go and plug away and plug away and plug away. So like I said, like the nine to five job, you know, very generator-ish, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's wow. built for somebody who's show up and work every day, every day. Same thing with students, you know, showing up and doing the schoolwork, doing the schoolwork. You don't really have to tell them and bug them. They're just, and they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. Cause they just have that constant energy to fuel them. Um, now, generators are divided into two different types. You have your pure generators, and then you have your manifesting generators. Um, and what makes them different is basically one has an activated throat and one doesn't. So that one that has the activated throat, that's the manifesting generator and manifesting generators are like generators. They have all that energy, energy, go, go, go. But the generators tend to be focused more. Uh, they have the ability to be focused more on one thing, pick one thing and stick with it and run until you're done. Manifesting generators are our jugglers all over the place. They've got a million different interests. They're here and then they're there. And then they're like, wait, but I like this. And then I'm going to do this and they can hold it all. And it's just magical to watch because, you know, I'm a manifester and I can't do that. Like I've tried to multitask and I can somewhat, but man, manifesting generators, my stepdaughter and my daughter are both manifesting generators and they are out there doing all the things. And it's almost exhausting. So I'm like, where are you getting the energy to just go, 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 right? So those are the types. Mm. Um, and oh, and one other thing, the way that generators make decisions is through yes and no questions. That's key, especially I think for kids. If you ask them open-ended questions, their sacral, their decision maker, blah, it's, it can't give them an an answer to that. All it can do is give them a yes. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. It feels like a, like a excitement. It feels like butterflies. It can actually feel like a, uh-huh. And then if it's a no, then it's a, uh-uh. And they can feel different things in their body that way too. So, um, so asking yes and no questions of 
sacredly defined generators is ideal. And then the other types, you can ask the open-ended questions. It's fine. They're not, they're not affected by that. So anyways, so when I found out that my son was a projector, wow, I was like, holy cow, he is the rester. He is always needing, you know, he comes home from school and acts like he's exhausted. He's got to play his video games and zone out. And then he'll usually fall asleep. And I'm like, come on, we got to do the chores. We got to do the things and da, da, da. And he's just like, oh. like he just, he's a napper. He just loves to nap and loves to rest. Um, and also I noticed that he does give a lot of unsolicited advice and it irritates people, but he doesn't understand that he's 15 now. So he's a little older. When I started getting into the human design stuff, he was, um, what would that have been like 12, like 11, 11 ish. So still mm. pretty young. And so I talked to him about that. I was like, you know, if you're going to share with people things like wait for them to ask you, you know, see if they'll listen a little bit better, <clears throat> you know, if they, um, if they are able to ask you first. And, um, I also stopped hounding him about the sleeping and the resting because projectors, they don't have that sacral energy. They're very, very low energy types. And it's already such a struggle for him to go to school and be able to see into everybody and know what everybody's, <clears throat> excuse me, know what everybody's issues are and not be able to say anything like he's holding a lot and energetically school is draining for him. So when he gets home, he does need time to decompress and rest. Whereas my manifesting generator daughters, um, they get home from school, they're energized. Go, go, go. What's next? What am I doing here? Da, 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 right. And my son's just like, uh, like he can't, he just needs that, that time. And it was so funny because I had gotten the wrong time of birth for my stepson. Ah. And up until about six months ago, I thought I, I believe or the chart told me he was a manifester, but I'm like, no way is this kid a manifester. I'm a manifester. And I just knew that this kid was not a manifester. I went to so many different people. I'm like, what on this chart? What am I missing? You know? And then about six months ago, I found out that I was given his wrong birth time. It was transversed. Ah. And, um, Yeah. So I did run his chart and his chart is almost identical to my son. And they're about, I don't know, uh, less than a month apart. Oh, wow. My, my son and my stepson. So they're very, they're very close. And I found out that they have almost the exact same chart. And my stepson is also a projector. And I was like, oh my God, it makes perfect sense now because he's another one. Like he's in football. So he does his football, but he's crashing on the weekends. He's just sleeping the weekend away. And I always just chalked it up like, okay, he's doing football, but no, it's because he's a projector. He needs that time to decompress. So I try to not nag my projectors. <laughs> I let them sleep because, you know, I think in society, we think of sleeping and resting during the day as being kind of a bad thing. Like you're, you know, you gotta, you gotta hustle. You gotta do the things. And, um, and I'm a manifester. So my energy is naturally like, let's go, let's go. Come on. We got, we got impact to make, <laughs> you know? And so now I realize, no, that's what I'm here to do. That's not what they're here to do. So they get to, you know, have that space and do that and, and be that way themselves. Um, and, uh, even in, um, discipline, it's come into play. So when my, my son and my stepson, when they get into trouble, what I used to do, it used to be like the universal, send them to your room. And projectors love that. 
they yes. would love nothing more than to be sent <laughs> to their room and quiet. So I was like, God, no wonder that it's not working, right? So now when the projectors are in trouble, they have to come downstairs and be with us and do chores and stuff and be and have to interact. And um, my manifesting generator daughters, um, I have to do the opposite. So instead of them coming and doing chores, they get sent to their room and they have to read and they just have to be quiet and read and they hate it. <laughs> they would much rather be doing chores than being hanging out with everybody. Right. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so it's, so human design has been an incredible tool for, for not only my business, but my entire family. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I could feel your heart was exploding with excitement for it. It's really lovely to to feel your energy around that. I love it. And it really helps um, to find that, especially for any parents that are listening or educators as well, you know, and the children in the classrooms are all different. We do know that as educators, that children are different, but it's like having that time and space to be able to dedicate different ways to be with the children yeah. you know with what they need Absolutely. and you know like like you know, let, the, let the little projectors have their nap time and then you know manifesting generators give them like a fidget toy to calm them down or whatever but don't force them to sleep right because they're not engineered to just take a nap in the middle of the day <laughs> and you know little things like that so I think that if educators were armed with even just the basics of knowing that each type of child you know, they could set, set them up for a little bit more success. And I know educators now are so much, um, uh, more educated than like, say back in our day, (laughs) teachers were very much like, everybody's going to do this all the time. So I do know that teachers are a lot more aware of how children are different, but wouldn't it be cool if every kid could walk in on that first day of school with a label on their forehead? I'm a manifester. I'm a projector. I'm a reflector. It would make life so much easier. Yeah. It would make it, make it so much easier. And, um, Yeah. And I feel like also having the space like within education, like creating um, different kinds of settings because, you know, the old fashioned schools, they don't have, you know, you've got the one teacher with all these children, but you know, the new way would be just having um, more, more time and more space for all the children, you know, like, so that you can really have like, okay, like, cause you know, even when I teach children one-on-one, even just for one hour, even the ones that are like super what you're saying the manifestors even they need space like the ones that are projectors I can see and they just their eyes just drop I don't I didn't know I didn't know that they were called projectors but I just called them when they switched off and I could see their eyes drop and I'm like okay let's do something different you know but then even the ones that are really on fire a whole hour is so long it just it's just too much like so it's having that space and that time and I don't know, just playing with them, like doing what they need and not having that kind of go, go, go expectation that we've had in society. And it's interesting what you were sharing around the nine to five, because I actually feel like, you know, what happened with the pandemic was really cool because it it stopped that. (laughs) And everybody almost had to go inward, even like myself. um, I did my chart one time and I'm a manifesting generator. And so for me, it was a big thing because I was like, I want to travel. I want to go running. I want to like, I had all this energy and I was like, what am I going to do now? I'm going to have to like go within and, you know, and yeah. um, I don't know. I just find it interesting that society has been, has been working this way, but then is it actually efficient? You know, like there should be some other ways we can use our time with schools and education, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, the pandemic really shook things up and really showed us a lot of different ways that we could be doing things. And not all of them, I think, were the best. I mean, I do think children do need to be in some sort of social environment because I know my son 
even though he's a projector, he struggled so hard with being at home. Um, that was just a huge, he just loves his friends, loves being with people and, um, yeah, being at home for him was, was terrible. And then, uh, you know, interestingly enough, my manifesting generator daughter did the best with it, but she's older too. So I think she, uh, she has a little bit more wisdom around that kind of stuff, but she took the time to work on her interests, to do the things that she was interested in. So, um, but yeah, I think like, do we really, if, if we can do our work from home, do we really need to be in an office? Like, what is that about? Like, why do we need to be in an office and use all that gas? It's terrible for the environment. It's not good for mental health to be stuck in traffic. So there was a lot of eye-opening moments of like, okay, what did we really miss? And what can we leave behind us? <laughs> what do we, what do we need to not bring back? You know, like these long hellish commutes. I don't think we need to bring back. I think people did. But I don't think we needed to. <laughs> yeah. And even education, like the way that schooling was created is like, you know, to kind of follow the pattern of the nine to five and the children, you know, you drop them off and you have the day free and that's one way, but there's so many other ways. Like I, on, my, on this podcast, I've just met so many different people. Like some people are unschooling, some people are homeschooling, some people are sharing, like, you know, swapping around and sharing because people still need breaks and things. And an example here is in Uruguay, doesn't matter what age the children are, they only go to school four hours a day. And it's so great. They either go in the morning or in the afternoon. So we have that time, you know, in the morning together. And then she goes to school a couple of hours and then comes back. And it's it's just perfect. I just I love that. And you know, here I love the hybrid. Yeah. The hybrid yeah. idea for school, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. And like a lot of the shops will close down here in the middle of the day because they take siestas and it's really um it's really interesting country by country and just how we can just pivot. Like I've been living this way now and I'm like, why would I want to go back to another way? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I, I absolutely believe that, you know, like you said, the school system was really built to churn out employees that will, you know, show up and do the job and go home. And I think all of us are waking up to that and wanting something more. And I, I do think the hybrid, uh, a hybrid school situation is the best. I know I really struggled because here in Southern California and the United States, um, well, here the states all have different rules and regulations and everything. But here in California, you basically have two options, homeschool or regular school. Like there's not really any options for hybrid. So I did homeschool both of my children um, for different reasons and on different occasions. And they didn't like it because they missed this. They missed the friends. They missed seeing other people. They didn't want to just see mom all day, you know? And I just thought, gosh, it'd be so great if we did have a hybrid where they could go to school Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then be at home on Tuesday and Thursday. And we could work on school stuff on Tuesday and Thursday gives me a break, gets them out of the house. Um, but still they're not just in that nine to five. And I love the idea of a four hour school day. That's amazing. And I think it's so, um, so wonderful. I know there was a big uh, pushback here in Southern California. They changed the start time for high schools. Now legally high schools cannot start before eight 30. And, um, because it's, they've, you know, all the studies show that kids really sleep the best in those morning hours. And, I've always known that. And I've always encouraged my kids to sleep in on the weekends till at least 10. Cause I know they get that really quality sleep then, but there was a lot of pushback from the parents because now all of a sudden, you know, it messed with their work schedule 
because they had, you know, were used to being able to drop their kids off earlier so that they could get to work on time. Um, so it just kind of just goes to show you, you know, like society's priorities and what they think is important or like what matters to them. Um, so the school gets perpetuated and, mm. you know, the nine to five gets perpetuated. And I don't know if that's the United States thing or a California thing, but that's the pattern that I see here is the parents are definitely very concerned about start times to fit into their schedule. Um, and it's sad. It's sad because here you have to have two parents at work to be able to afford to live here. So, um, so yeah, we've kind of gotten ourselves into a little hole in that way. I'm an entrepreneur, always been an entrepreneur. So I kind of like sit back and like watch all the things. Um, but yeah, I would love it if society could shift away from that hustle, that nine to five, and we could start to figure out how to hybrid this a little bit more. Yeah, hundred percent. And have you noticed there's been a rise in entrepreneurship for adults and also for even our teens and our children? Everybody's getting out there and um, creating. And I just love it. I love seeing everybody step into their passion and their gifts. It's really, really empowering. And I feel like the more that people take little steps, you know, towards their heart, towards their vision, whatever that is, that that will in turn shift education as well, I believe. Yeah. And that's what I love about human design too is because human design gives you an exact way to make the right decisions for yourself it gives you the exact blueprint so you can make those good quality decisions and 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 there's this whole other thing in human design about the magnetic monopole but basically you have a magnet inside of you that is naturally pulling you on your purpose on your course and it's just naturally going and when we fight and we start trying to get ourselves to fit into the box you know of the nine to five or of what society says we start to fit into the box we're going against that and it's just life is going to start to feel like a struggle so when we can start using human design to make decisions and trust and surrender to that and let that magnet pull us where we need to go life is going to get a heck of a lot better I love that. I love just working with your, it feels like working with your innate design, your innate humanness yeah. or your innate qualities. Yeah, and that's what we call it, an energetic blueprint. I love that. And it's like the genius of the genius activated. And I really believe that's the core of the new paradigm. And that's what I, I often speak with people about. It's just about stepping into yeah. your natural gifts and talents. That's, yeah. that's education. That's all you need to yeah. know. Go and do that. And that's it. <laughs> Everything yeah, else exactly. you'll learn along the way. You'll be educated with right. all the other steps and that's education right. just there, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so before we finish our podcast, I'd just love to ask one more question that we ask all our guests, which is, uh, what would be your vision for this new paradigm of education? Oh, well, like I said, if kids, if we did a little extra work and had these kids, even if it's not human design, whatever kind of personality test or whatever, but getting more information on the uniqueness of each child and their individual learning styles and so on. I think human design would be a fantastic way to do it because you can quickly assess their energy levels and, um, and their capacity for learning and all that, that, all that stuff, especially when you start learning more about the centers and the gates and everything, you can also help them with conflict resolution, which I think is sorely lacking across society. Nobody knows how to manage their emotions, um, so I think human design would be a fantastic tool for that, but yeah, getting, you know, day one, like second, they're in kindergarten, you know, figure out their human design, or like I said, some other modality so that we can start to, um, guide these kids along their natural path, instead of trying to get them to fit into the society box. 
And that's where I think we could just, if we could just make that pivot, I think that would be a fantastic start to all the other things. And then once that pivot is made and even teachers too, if you're a projector teacher or manifesting generator teacher, like using those special skills um, instead of the projector teacher trying to act like the manifesting generator teacher, it's two completely different styles. Um, and then, um, you know, allowing the teachers then to start going, Hey, I've noticed this, let's do it this way. Well, I think maybe we could try this and, and just letting it evolve. But I think we could start with human design for sure. Thank you so much. That's a beautiful vision. I love hearing everybody's visions that come on here. It's like you all weave a little bit of light into this, um, this mission of a new paradigm with all of your different gifts. I, I just love, I love oh, it. love it. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on with us today. And uh, we've already spoken about your website, but maybe you could just, just let people know again how they could reach you or any, anything you wanted to offer or share with them before we close. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can definitely grab your chart if you are a professional, a teacher. I do have, um, well, it's an entrepreneur chart, but it does give you a little bit more information about how you are in business. And then if you um, want to just run a standard chart, you can do so. And then once you have signed up for that chart, I mean, so, I mean, I'm a businesswoman and I teach women entrepreneurs. So that's more what my, my website is geared about. Human design is kind of like a leg of my business. So once you have signed up for the chart, then you'll get my newsletter. You'll get a whole bunch of follow-up emails explaining in detail what all the pieces of the chart are. And then you can follow my human design on Instagram and that's at human design codes. So those are the two main spots that you can connect with me on that. Most of my other stuff is going to be about business. Yeah, no, thank you so much. That's really helpful for people to have somewhere to go. And we'll put all of that down in our um, links below as well. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on today, Chelsea. It was lovely to connect with you. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate um, the, the work that you're doing here in enlightening and, and bringing people into this conversation and showing people that there is a different way when it comes to education. So thank you for doing that work. Oh, no, thank you as well. It was definitely a calling that I had it. And the calling came as something that is not just up to me to say this, it's like up to all of us. And as soon as I opened Absolutely. it up, there's just millions of people that we're all saying the same thing just in, in our own flavor. And this is why it's so important. And I really do believe we have a paradigm shift right here. We are the we are the start of this and the next generations, we're going to see a change. And I'm so excited for this, really. I'm really, yeah. really grateful and, for and those actually, new Really quick, really quickly, let me throw this in here. 2027 in human design is that marker of this oh, big shift that we're going to have. Amazing. So we really are on the cusp of that. And that's why we feel that energetic, like, oh, okay, we're changing. And we're going to shift from being, being so much in a system into more individuality. So ah, it's going to be exciting. I'd love to know more about that. And that just totally aligns with everything else I've read around evolution and what's happening. You know what? The golden age and all of these other types of ways that they describe yep. it. I love it. And it all, it all links yeah. and aligns. So it does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for adding that in our all of the empire. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today to a new Paradigm of Education podcast. As I mentioned, you are all part of this evolution and this co-creation. If you're wanting to reach out, we're on Facebook at a new Paradigm of Education. And as Mahatma Gandhi says, uh, be the change that you wish to see in this world. Thank you.